watching all movies with Rebecca and Jason. Are you gonna love them or hate them? Here comes the binge. Hey everybody, welcome to the Binge Movie Podcast, where a couple of homos review the latest movie theater releases from our own queer-ass perspectives. My name is Jason Leroy. My name is Rebecca Olarte, and today we're going to look at three new movie releases, Zootopia, You're Killing Me, and The Wave. And as always, we're going to rate these movies on a three-tiered scale, with Binge It being the highest rating. Consume in moderation means it's okay, but it's kind of meh. And send it back means... Life is too short for that mess. Let's get started. So last week we tried something new, um, where we kind of talked to each other like we were humans that knew each Ugh, other. Didn't sit well with me. And <laughs> it's, it's coming up on me a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so should we skip it this time, or should we try it again until maybe? Let's let's keep doing it until it feels natural. That's what. Like like a couple on their on their wedding night. That's Just not how it works. Keep going at it until things work the way they should. I or think. we both figure out that we're, this isn't for us. Right. Exactly. So okay, we'll try it again, Jason. What's up with you? Well, thank you for asking, Rebecca. Uh, to follow up on last week's discussion, I went to a nutritionist. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. dying to hear how this happened and also was terrified to run into you again. <laughs> well, uh, so I went in just ready to fight. Uh, and that's actually, I was texting with you directly beforehand because I was listening to our last podcast and when I got to my own impression of Anoni, I just had chills. So I just had to tell Rebecca, I'm like, I am so good. I gave myself chills. So after that check-in, uh, I went in and met with my nutritionist. And uh, and I was just like, I don't know. I feel like I have constructed so many imaginary like nemeses in my head who want to like tell me to do insane things because they do them. Like, really? Like, like who? Oh, like I would just Gwyneth picture- Paltrow? Yeah, I mean, I think if it was Gwyneth, then I would at least be like... I'd be like, okay, well, I mean, like, look at you. You're fabulous. I'll, I'll do what you say. Oh. But when I see, like, schmucks schlepping around the Bay Area being like, dirty gluten, then I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, all right. I don't believe a word you're saying. I have no reason to. You have no credibility with me. Oh, I see. So, um, but what the nutritionist did, which was great, was not actually challenge me on anything. Uh, so that's <laughs> which that's, is how you wish this podcast went. I'm it's sure. A secret to all of my most lasting relationships. <laughs> uh, so she was very much about just working with what I want. I was like, this is all I've ever wanted. <laughs> <laughs> just if all the women in my life could take a cue and then just do exactly what I want, life would be so easy. So you're paying ten dollars a visit, copay, so that some woman tells you what you want about how to eat. Yeah. Well, okay. basically, uh, no. I mean, it's it, it. We did, you know, we went into some details about you know my diet and my 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 poor shoddy body image issues and all those things. So they were addressed, they were spoken of. My BMI was determined and then discarded, and uh, and I was given a caloric number to keep in mind for every day to get to a certain weight. Uh, I've never been a calorie counter, so now I suddenly have one of those fucking apps on my phone mm. where I'm supposed to like add my meals and. And couldn't feel more basic. I mean, how do you do it? I don't, I don't know how how this happens. How people are just like, well, time to go put my you know chicken breast into my phone app. Yeah, like, that's literally what I did before you got here. So I mean, you can only be cool for so long until it kills you. <laughs> I know, but then you die cool. Yeah. So there's that's that. True. Uh, so that's out of the cards for me now. So thanks a lot, nutritionist. <laughs> uh, what if you weren't ever really that cool to begin with, though? That's the question. <laughs> you just set up these rules Right, for so it was life. just like fat and lame or skinny and lame. Like, <laughs> how do you want to go out? 
So, and I'm, I'm going to try to swing back toward the skinny end of that spectrum. So help me God. So uh, that's what's up with me. What's did up you, with you, did Rebecca? Did you ask her about rice cakes? You know, well, it was about the cal- it was about calories. Like she yeah. didn't really, she never really pointed to any one food group and said like, don't eat this. She mm-hmm. was basically like one of those all things moderation people mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. who was like, it really doesn't matter what time of the day you eat. It doesn't matter. You know, like it's certainly there are certain food groups you should try to make more room for um but you know it's really about caloric intake she didn't say like don't eat rice cake she was like certainly you know things like that if you could have something that is you know fruit or vegetable instead of something that is like you know a a processed food then that Mm -hmm. would be fantastic but it wasn't about like taking one thing and being like no that's terrible it was really just about looking at that number oh nice. so sorry that rebecca asked me that more in-depth question (laughs) about nutrition (laughs) I was trying to. I was, I trying, was trying to. to well, I'm sure people who listened to the last episode were just hanging on to I see know. what. Just I know the resolution the, of the great of the great rice cake rice debate. Rice cake debate. <laughs> rice cake gate. So it, it rages on. Just it rages to on. That for yeah. the listeners. Rebecca continues to glare resentfully at them in my kitchen. I, I hissing fraud. It's the only fraud. thing that's at my eye level. <laughs> you keep the wine out of reach, so I'm forced to look at the rice cakes. I know. I hit all those stepping stools too. <laughs> Um, what's up with me, you yeah, ask? what's up with you? Not much. No. I'm uh, playing on a three-and-three three basketball league at work, um, and I jammed my finger today, so that hurts. Was that related to the basketball? Yeah, that was related to the basketball. You didn't, like, type too hard or something? No, I didn't type. No, no. You were, like, angrily texting me, like, Shh, leave me alone. Shit. I will fucking watch the... Yeah. Yeah, and then I pulled a thumb. Right. It's no. A, it's a Jason Rage victory. It was not. No, this, this victory is not about me. had nothing to do with you. Mm, I um, don't know. I don't, I don't really... Doesn't... I'll try to think ahead of time next time when you ask what's up with me. I'll yeah. think of what I can say that involves you. Thank you. You're welcome. Really save us this awkward part of the conversation. Sure. Um. So, on to the movies. <laughs> no, tell me about your basketball. Oh, no, that's it. I jammed my finger and it's sore. <laughs> Are you sure that we're good to do this recording right now? Like, is your I, finger like, too sore to no, think clearly? No, I just wanted to put that out there in case I, uh, you know, my mood is a little, I'm fine. It's totally Salty. fine. A little salt. Unless I'm a uh, raging well, bitch. Right. Then you'll know why. In case I'm a little psychotic. <laughs> it's because of this pulled be- thumb. It's because I bumped my thumb on a biscuit. <laughs> It'll be fine. Oh, well, good. Thank you. Um, Wait, do you want some Advil? Oh, you know, no. No? Maybe. Okay. How many calories are in that? Um, let me check my app. On to Z- Zootopia. Yeah. Zootopia. Not based on the U2 tour from like 1995. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Zootopia. Oh, jeez. That was a thing. That was a thing. But this is Zootopia the movie. Yeah. In a city of anthropomorphic animals, a fugitive con artist fox and a rookie bunny cop must work together to uncover a conspiracy. Zootopia. A gleaming city where animals of all breeds, predator and prey alike, live together in peace and harmony. Hi, I'm Judy, your new neighbor. Yeah, well, we're loud. Don't expect us to apologize for it. ZPD's first rabbit officer, Judy Hops. You ready to make the world a better place? So first, I, I want to get your, your background on children's movies in general. Are you like a big children's movies fan? Do you critique them differently than adult movies? Are you one of those gay guys that loves Disney? What are your favorite kids' movies? Give me the whole thing. thing. My attachment to children's movies is perfectly normal and natural for a man my age. Thank you very much. Oh, God, no. Uh, It's hard to review children's movies, um, Mm -hmm. for sure, because I always think of that line um, in the first episode of... 
Master of None, uh, where uh, like Aziz Ansari is talking about seeing a movie, and Elizabeth Reese, who plays the mom, is like, "Oh God, I don't know the last time I saw a movie." And he's like, "Oh, don't you watch kids? You know, movies with your kids all the time?" And she's like, "They're kids' movies. They're ninety minutes of bright garbage." <laughs> And so I don't watch those kids' movies, but I think that the thing that's really special about animated movies is that they can be so much more ambitious in mm-hmm. in their scope, um, and they also just are naturally kind of lend themselves better to like really potent allegories, mm-hmm. which is definitely mm-hmm. the case with Zootopia. Oh, um, really? Very much so. Very much so. Um, so I, 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 yeah, reviewing kids' movies is hard. I will always be reviewing them personally from perspective of like, does this also have stuff for adults to enjoy? Uh-huh. I think that probably that's 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 what I have in mind when okay. I'm looking at a, a kids' movie to review. What are some of your favorite kids' movies? Um, uh, I mean, I mean, Wally and Up, of course. Um, I never really care about the Toy Story movies that much. Okay. Um, one movie that I've always really enjoyed uh, that I don't feel like ever got enough play in the Disney canon was The Emperor's New Groove. Don't even get me started. <laughs> really? I have seen The Emperor's New Groove probably 400 times. Oh, you're kidding me. And Shasta, my wife, also loves the movie. We'll put it on like every Saturday morning oh or anytime we're in like in a bad mood. We can recite the whole movie. Oh. It is my favorite. I don't even, first of all, I don't feel like it's a children's movie. Yeah, right. Exactly. Also, I'm such a pacha, right? <laughs> you are. Thank you. I feel like our podcast is going to carry on just fine now oh, that we have this revelation. That's so good to hear. Oh my God. No, like I still like, I, weird parts of that movie just end up in my speech patterns still oh, same to this here. day. Like, it's throwing stuff. Oh, I uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I mean, like, or I'll just be walking around by my business, then I'll think, pull the lever, crunk. <laughs> Wrong lever! <laughs> Right. Always fun. Yeah. So. Oh well, that's gonna be fun for yeah. people. Always fun. So you're welcome, everyone. That we just blew your fucking earbuds out, screaming Eartha Kitt's dialogue from Ember's New Groove. But you know what? This is a gay person podcast, so it was bound to happen at some point sooner or later. So. What a fantastic use of David Spade. Oh, the best. There's never been a better use of Spade than in that movie. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Love that. Patrick Warburton. Oh, just Kronk? the role he was born to play. Kronk. Yeah. Just perfection. And then, I mean, John Goodman, whatever. You know, yeah, he, he plays, yeah. he's, he's, you know. But that's the character you needed. The only one that's not so great is Win- uh, Wendy Malick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's very much like a cookie-cutter, dutiful wife. Mm-hmm. Who's like, my husband. Yeah. Very, yeah. very sitcom-y. Very, little, you know, even like the sitcom disparities between like this their big, attraction big. Yeah, exactly. Levels, yeah. Exactly. Between their, their physicality. But, but we still like the movie. Even the though movie. it has a weak spot in her. Uh, so, but yeah, so I'd say that is a movie that, you know, and this is Zootopia. I feel like it's very similar to uh, Temper's New Groove. I mean, it, it's a, you know, it's an animated Disney film, but it's, it's definitely more of a PG. Is it? Do you have that in your notes? Is it PG? It's PG for some yeah. thematic elements, rude humor and action. Yeah, it does have some rude humor. There's a scene where they go to like a nudist resort. Oh. And all these animals are like, it's unnatural for animals to wear clothes. And they're like bending over and spreading their legs and all these things. <laughs> I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would say this is one of the more like adult leaning Disney movies, but there's still all the stuff in there to distract more on kids but there's like it's really really fast and punchy and witty uh for adults nice so it's also it's from the creators of frozen and, and big hero six neither mm-hmm. of which i have seen uh but they were very successful but they it seems like those are movies that were definitely successful with kids for mm-hmm. kids by kids not by kids that's, that's <laughs> too far too far 
to fart. Four kids. Not so much with an adult. Yeah, I feel like sometimes my inherent communist approach to life just doesn't always <laughs> just pay off. right in. Just... <laughs> Do you see um, Zootopia being one of these like giant movies like Frozen with like the song and the mm. like, merchandise? It doesn't the... have a song. It doesn't have a I song. I don't think it's, I don't think, I'm trying to think, I don't think there's any musical numbers in it. No, I, I don't imagine Zootopia being um, super major. I almost feel like it's too smart for the room in oh, some ways. Okay. Like, is it, it's doing this very kind of specific uh, film film noir kind of homage. Okay. Um, which, you know, harkens back to what, you know, who framed Roger Rabbit and things like that right, in terms right. of being these animated movies that are about this kind of like Hollywood underbelly. Uh, so uh, I, I think it'll be really enjoyed by those who watch it but I I, I, I I don't think it will necessarily become like a skyrocketing superstar movie mm. I think it'll clean up at the box office just because it's a Disney movie and it's kind of coming out in a time when I don't feel like there's a lot to um, compete with it right uh, but not no, I, Deadpool that's for sure no not that one so no I I, I, I don't know that this is going to be like the next big theme park ride at Disney or anything gotcha. um, but kind of like Emperor's New Groove you know which yeah. never really caught on as like merchandising or that kind of thing but people like you and I, people who are in the know. Let me tell you something. So every year, my wife and I give each other um, a Christmas ornament. And one year, uh, two, last year, I found the old McDonald's Emperor's New Groove toys and like put like some fishing string on it to make it a, a, a oh, ornament. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. You heartbreak. We are gonna have to watch this movie after this after this recording. I think we will. I think it's on Netflix, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's definitely on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> is that how you guys always watch it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you always have to stop it before the Sting song comes on, because that's the worst part at the end. <laughs> that's the worst part. You um, both lunch for the remote at the same time. Yeah. No! <laughs> Just throw the TV off the wall. Out the window. So like Close Emperor's one. New Groove, this also has a star-studded cast. You have Octavia Spencer and Jason Bateman. He's like the narrator, right? Um, mm. J.K. Simmons. Jason Bateman is not the narrator. Oh, okay. No, no. he's uh, He plays a fox. Oh, he's... The, okay. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Goodwin. Shakira? Shakira. Any standouts? She plays a pop star named Gazelle. <laughs> and I she like is it. a gazelle. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's a uh, Jennifer Goodwin is is the lead. She is the bunny cop. Okay, and she is perfect. She's so perfect. it's not Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> it is not. No, this time it's this time it, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon would make a hell of a bunny cop, but this time it's Jennifer Goodwin's turn. No, that's just the role she played when she was in that cop movie. With, Hot pursuit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. It was basically the exact same character. Like like basically the exact same character. Uh, but the the one voice acting all-star that I want to call out who's in this movie is Jenny Slate. Oh, Jenny Slate's in it. Yes. And she should just be doing voice acting and everything always. Well, she um, killed it with Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Exactly. And uh, so in this, she plays um, she plays a lamb. <sighs> and um, her, her catchphrase is, Oh, mutton chops. <laughs> is this out yet can i see it i want to see it right now can we just stop the podcast and go ahead and go watch this movie pick it up after we watch it <laughs> um what else so i guess we can ask about this movie um one of the bigger movies that came out that were an- that was animated would be inside out um uh-huh. it wasn't one of my favorite kids movies but i think we all sort of thought it was important it was mm. gave a message to kids about getting in touch with their feelings um even though it did have a weird, like a lazy gender joke at some point. Oh yeah, the parents. The parents. Yeah, the dinner table. Yeah, yeah the indefensible scene. Um, but 
Before we get on to the lazy jokes, mm-hmm. did this had, Inside Out had a lot of great takeaways. Does Zootopia have any great takeaways? Uh, it does. So the thing that's really that I was I was stunned by some of the jokes in this movie. Uh, so it starts off as just like another underdog story about, you know, there's never been a rabbit cop before, mm-hmm. but that won't stop this rabbit, you know, from becoming a cop. And so she's, you know, she's working her way up. And so they're already kind of addressing discrimination on that level that, you know, like this is like this animal that has never done this before. And she's very plucky and Leslie nope about it. And she's like, well, I'll just have to be the first. Um, So whenever she first shows up at the police station to check in, uh, there is uh, there is this uh, one, the, the animal that's at the reception desk checking her in says, oh, aren't you just so cute? And she says, I'm sorry. Um. Only bunnies can call each other cute, and he's like, "Oh, oh my God, I'm so sorry." She's like, "It's, it's, it's fine. Just, you know, just thought you should know." Uh, so I'm like, "Oh damn!" <laughs> like they're making like slur jokes. Uh, then and this is sort of, sort of they're gradually fleshing out their world building and letting us know like where all the different animals fit in within like the kingdom of this movie. Mm-hmm. And so we found that foxes are considered like the very, very lowest class. And oh, it's uh, like a class system. Okay. It's very much a class system, and uh, so cl- no one trusts foxes um, and, uh, and and other animals that used to be um, predators. So this, this the whole thing. In this movie is that like things have evolved to a place where animals that used to prey on other animals no longer do, but there's still like a lingering fear and distrust that they mm. could start doing it again. And uh, interesting. And so um, and so the bunny. Uh, is talking to the fox and uh, she like helps him out he's kind of he's a scam artist and so he's she is helping him out not realizing he's a scam artist yet and she's like you are just so articulate no yes really and he's like and you are not at all patronizing Wow. Even saying that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm like, oh my God damn. This is and great. Then, and if that wasn't enough later on the bunny and the fox are sitting with a sheep. I believe it actually might be Jenny Slate. And the fox touches the sheep's wool. No. Yes. And the bunny says, you can't just go around touching a sheep's wool. Nice. I was like, holy fuck. That's amazing. Get I that message in early. I cannot believe these jokes are in this movie. Uh, but then, yeah, then it really just becomes about the main, the main plot ends up being about um, people trying to stoke outdated fears of minority groups. Uh, because that's sort of like that's that, that's the, the the mission that's happening in this movie that that mm-hmm. she that the bunny's trying to uncover is it seems like all these animals that used to be predators that have since become civilized are now becoming predators again and they're attacking mm-hmm. and so and everyone's like worked up about it and everyone's terrified like well we need to do something about these predators because they're attacking and um, and so and so then it turns out fear. Yeah, it's about, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're scapegoating. They're they're you know these and they're trying to figure out why. You can't say scapegoat, Jason. <laughs> no, not not That's in offensive this case. to goats. <laughs> we can say that about each other. <laughs> uh, so it is. Uh, it it and, 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 and so it's it's just about trying to expose this this attempt to fearmonger to like terrified majority groups um, about their outdated fears of minority groups. And I was like, I was stunned. This sounds great. Yeah, yeah. It has a really, and this is what I'm saying earlier about, you know, what animated films can do mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. is that, you know, in the, in the same way that children's books are, you know, like the most potent allegories because right. they, 
you know, aren't burned by this need to overcomplicate things. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they just settle on what their what the stakes are and what the what the world is, and and what and then they just kind of tell their story and they tell their allegory and they spin it through and and it sticks. It makes sense, and you're like, yes, this makes perfect sense. Well, that seems like a really good way to uh, address like the Duvernay option of the movie. <laughs> um, how about the Bechdel test? God, I don't know if we can do those. Because they're with this. still gendered animals, right? Uh, yeah, they're yeah, it's, it passes. It passes. It passes. Yeah, because uh, because Jennifer Goodwin and Jenny Slate have conversations. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think in more than one scene. This movie is. Yeah, no, it really has everything. It has cleaning it, up. It has a you know, it has a very diverse voice cast as we were mm-hmm. l- rattling off earlier. Idris Elba, it, yeah, yeah, is also in it. Uh, so uh, it really is just. It's just great stuff. Um, and also just the idea that Jennifer Goodman's character is uh, is, a, is is joining the police mm-hmm. and then starts to see sort of corruption and inequality oh. in the police department and is trying to um, is trying to reform it. Like it's just across yeah, the board. That's really this is like, a, this is like a radical, very zeitgeisty movie in terms of what it's really about. Right. Um, but you know, if you're not looking for it, then you know, you're just gonna watch like a really fun, bouncy, quippy little movie about a bunny cop uh, <laughs> who runs around with a fox. So Good. So it translates even if you don't get the smart humor? You think it'll still Yeah. No, I think that you know, I think that with any kids movie there's that thing of like, is it good for kids as well as is there stuff for adults? And this one definitely is. It felt just from when it was starting, I was like, this movie is is very witty and and it's definitely, you know, seems like it, they just did tons of jokes for every take and every take is not active. But, you know, I feel like they did a lot of like thorough like joke rewrites and alts and everything and just have like what's in the movie is really, really effective. So what are you going to rate it? Binge it. Binge it. Binge Zootopia. It is out now. And as we mentioned before, it's rated PG for some thematic elements, rude humor and action. Number two, movie number two this week, You're Killing Me, is also... The pick of the week. Pick of the week. Pick of the week. Pick, pick, pick is the pick of the week. Joe just told his boyfriend George that he is a serial killer. George thinks that his boyfriend Joe is hilarious, and he just saw Patricia Arquette at Target. This horror comedy takes a look at the life and death consequences of dating in the age of incessant chatter. So what? You're telling me like you're some lonely murderer who I'm giving my number to? Hot. So he walked up to you while you were holding produce? Yeah. God, that kind of thing never happens to me. Oh, he has a really twisted sense of humor. Can I call you tomorrow? I'm gonna have to ditch these bodies somewhere. You're funny. That's like scary. Well, he's not scary. He's gorgeous. Okay, before we get started, you did an interview for this movie, correct? Um, I did. Uh, I did a phone interview with uh, the co-writers, Jeffrey Self, who also stars in the movie, and Jim Hansen, who also directs the movie. Jim Hansen? <laughs> Hansen. Oh, okay. This is not a Muppet movie. I, I hate to break it to you. I, I know how much you enjoy a Muppet movie. I do. Um, how was the interview? The interview was good. Uh, it is currently live on our website, thebinge.us. So head over there and check it out uh, for some fun discussion uh, with these two wonderful dudes. Um, I took a look at the cast of the movie before it uh, before I watched it. And the only one name really stood out, which was Mindy Cohn. <laughs> From Facts of Life. Hey. Um, who are the rest of the characters? And we should note that Mindy Cohn has a cameo in this cameo, movie. Cameo, yeah. Uh, she is in the final scene. Uh, and it's 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 a very funny final scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, as, Hilarious. As with, as with the rest of the movie. It's also very funny. 
Uh, so this movie is made sort of almost entirely by this group of very, very funny gay uh, comics, writers, directors, creatives in L.A. Uh, and they they all tend to do a lot of projects together. So you have Jeffrey Self, who uh, is best known to me uh, as uh, Liz Lemon's gay cousin Randy from 30 oh, Rock. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, and and he's been he's had different parts in TV shows over the years, and he has a big following online because he I mean he is a very like painfully beautiful man, but he's also such an amazing wit, and uh, mm-hmm. so his Instagram and Twitter are my favorites. Uh, Brian Safi is in the movie, uh, who does the Throwing Shade podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, you have Drew Drogi in the movie. Yes, that is another one I recognize. Yes, and uh, and Drew Drogi, of course, is Chloe, the Chloe seventy parody video star. So good. And Jim Hansen directs all of those. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, you have Jack Plotnick. You have Sam Pancake. Uh, you really just have like a, a who's who of of these guys who are all in this kind of like just great sort of hilarious uh, community together and uh so this was very much a project that just a bunch of friends got together and made happen i definitely thought it was going to be a rom-com um mm. turns out it's not yeah. it's a horror com it's a horror com horror com which i didn't I come up with this once before i feel <laughs> yeah. like we tried to cover this once. no it didn't work out that no either. didn't we tried and there are tons of murders in it tons of murders and graphic disturbing murders uh, and yet it's still very funny. Yeah, no, the movie's hilarious. Uh, the murders were was one of the, what I would say, one of the lower parts of the movie. Mm. Um, just the execution of... <laughs> um, I, I felt like I didn't need it in order mm. to make it funny. Um, maybe well, it was something for horror movie fans that I just, I'm never one, so I, well, it doesn't land with me. So what, when during the interview we, we, we talked about, I asked about the, the murder scenes, which are done... In this very, when the murder scenes begin, um, this gorgeous lighting kicks in mm-hmm. and this like lovely reverby music starts to play. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? Right. And so the way that Jim Hansen thinks about this movie is that it's basically a coming out story about a serial killer. Oh, okay. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a man coming to terms with the fact that he is a serial killer and through murdering experiences this sweet release as if he <laughs> is taking drugs or something. And uh, and everything just becomes so beautiful and perfect in his world because he's found his calling. Uh, so that's why the murder scenes have the very specific uh, look and feel that they have. <laughs> um, so that's what's going on with those. They also really were into the idea that you're kind of doing a movie that switches uh, genres in a way that kind of betrays the audience. Mm-hmm. Like you, you come in thinking you're agreeing to watch one kind of movie. And then it kind of forces you to watch a completely different movie than the one you thought you were coming into. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, this is one of the few movies ever where I felt like the movie was better than the trailer. Hmm. The trailer to me felt like it was a little like I was expecting something a little lower quality. Oh, yeah. Um, but the execution, again, <laughs> not really. Uh-huh. Um, but the, the, when the movie, when I saw the movie in, a, in, in whole, it was much better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is this is definitely, and of course you have to have that usual gay disclaimer mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, this is a gay movie. Is it terrible? Because right. gay movies are terrible. Yeah, it's like it's not a Hollywood film. It's not right. a whole video. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's it's you know like is this the kind of movie that's going to premiere at Frame Line and get like some pity claps <laughs> from the lesbians <laughs> in the balcony? 
No, no, it's not. This is a genuinely fucking hilarious movie. And it's so specific. Like it's, 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 they know Jeffrey and Jim know exactly like the milieu that they're writing about. Yep. uh, Of these like awful, awful, self-absorbed, bitchy game night throwing gays. Mm -hmm. Obsessed Um, with media. Yeah. Obsessed with pop culture, obsessed with media. Uh, just cannot recognize sincerity once in front of them, yeah. stabbing them in the chest. <laughs> uh, don't really, don't listen to anything anyone says. Mm-hmm. They're just constantly focusing on, you know, on making fun of their own lives and making their lives look ironic and making their lives look, you know, commenting, you know, and, and you know, these, these characters like Jeffrey Self, uh, you know, have, they're making, you know, lots of web series. Oh yeah, YouTube and, videos. Yeah, lots and... of YouTube. Yeah, because Jeffrey has always had tons of those. And he also has a podcast called "This Is Really Important" with Jeffrey Self. <laughs> and uh, so this is hmm. they're 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 sort of sending up their own their own like m- you know subculture mm-hmm. in this movie, and that's why it feels so like targeted, right? Uh, and you're like, yes, I know these people. Um, Sometimes I w- they're so close to you. <laughs> 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 I oh. I think this movie is like it's basically difficult people as a horror as a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> the role of Mary Tyler Moore was played by Mindy Cohn. <laughs> no, difficult people, not, uh, not ordinary, ordinary people. people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a death. There was some uh, selfishness and. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Look, that Billy and Julie. Just put the parrot in the cave and let's just get over this whole thing. Billy and Julie would be happy to have Mary Tyler Moore on Difficult People, I'm sure. But no, I think like the last time that I related so strongly to uh, to you know a TV show or movie was Difficult People. Yeah. And watching this movie, I felt that exact same identification, which is not surprising because there are definitely a lot of creative bridges that connect Difficult People and um, You're Killing Me, Jeffrey Self, was on an episode of Difficult People. Oh, really? And he also, uh, as a writer on Billy on the Street, Billy Eichner's oh, show. Oh, okay. So, yes, yeah, so this is very much sort of just like a queer creative community of like comic geniuses, and this is one of the fruits of that. That's amazing. I guess I could see the Billy on the Street connection with the, the yeah, movie just does not pop culture stop. quippy stuff. It's so quippy. Yeah. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I, I feel like every joke landed, and there are a million jokes in the yes. show. Yeah, yeah, and these are people who, and they do shows together all the time. Like right now, in so we might have our Golden Girls drag thing up here, mm-hmm. and ours may have come first. Um, <laughs> but down in LA, there's one with Drew Drogi, mm-hmm. um, who plays Rose, and then Sam Pancake, who plays a therapist in the movie, um, plays Sophia. But anyway, um, you know, so like the guys that are in this movie together are constantly putting on shows together. Mm-hmm. So they're just creative collaborators and that kind of ease that they have with each other and that comfort. And uh, it, it shows in this movie, which is why it's so it just is so smooth. So this is the pick of the week. This is the pick of the week. Yes. It's really not often that you see a comedy that hits it tar- its target so completely on the head mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as this movie. This is the movie that like contemporary gay culture deserves. Yeah, uh, There is just this hilarious conflict in it where you're like not sure who's worse, like <laughs> the self-absorbed game night playing friends or the serial killer who is like moving through their ranks, dispatching them one by one without anyone really noticing. Right, right. Uh, and, you know, watching his look of horror... Uh, as they are just like ripping into each other with like vicious put downs about like their lack of pop culture knowledge mm-hmm. or about you know what happened on Real Housewives this week, 
uh, is just a hilarious juxtaposition of, uh, of two different kinds of awful people. Right. And it kind of leaves it to you, the viewer, <laughs> to decide if one is necessarily worse because in the movie, in the end, it feels like it's kind of a draw. It really comes to a head at the end when the, the one character is trying to play her song while they're trying to oh. like, <laughs> f- notify the authorities. Yeah. And, they, and like, what, what takes precedent? Really, really hits that point home. Yeah, yeah. It's just a perfect dark comedy. And uh, and and I just couldn't have been more delighted with it. Uh, and I certainly hope that it has crossover appeal so that not just, you know, like, you know, bitchy 30-ish gay men who live in major cities can can enjoy the, the skewering, the literal, and, the literal and figurative skewering. Their that female friends will enjoy it as well. Yes. You're like, you're like, the women who hate them also will enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, so and yeah, the, mi- the the mixture of comedy and horror is great. Uh, the performances are all really really funny, and as you said, like the humor is just nonstop and it never it never misses. Uh, so the yeah. acting is great. The acting is really good, and many Cohen's in it. So I mean, what more can you ask what else for? Do you want? Um, so how how can people watch this movie? I know this one's probably not going to be in every yeah. I AMC. don't see. I don't know that it's getting a theatrical release, but it is. So starting if you're listening to this after Tuesday, June eighth, then that means that it's currently you can watch on iTunes, and it's also available on DVD through Wolf Video. So if you head to their website, you can order it on DVD and also probably on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so it'll be available on iTunes. No one's actually going to do that um, on iTunes after March eighth. Correct. Um, it is unrated, but would probably get an R for multiple bloody murder scenes. Anything else? At least one dong. At least. Of course, from a straight guy character. <laughs> Thanks, gays. Um, so now we're on to the last movie of the week, which is The Wave. Even though awaited, no one is really ready when a mountain pass above a scenic, narrow Norwegian fjord falls out and creates a 300-foot-high violent tsunami. Vi snakker om en 80 meter høy bølge her. Etter 10 minutter, så finnes det ikke Geiranger lenger. this one i unfortunately didn't get to see it um um but i assume it's going to be like the norwegian version of san andreas and by that's the a war to our 13 hours like it's cleaner and it's classier and it's more realistic and it doesn't have like boobs everywhere like san andreas did (laughs) yeah yeah i would say it's not so much san andreas because it's not like one of those like super disaster porn movies where like every known uh you know geographical landmark around the world is obliterated Destroyed all at once in a... you know it's more of a targeted thing okay uh i would say i mean it is there's really not a single beat out of place this movie to distinguish it from movies like dante's peak oh. uh or the impossible uh which it feels closer to emotionally mm-hmm. uh i mean it's all there you have a dad scientist celebrating his last day on the job a cheerful, oh. cheerful, pretty wife, a sullen teen son, the adorable Moppet daughter carrying a stuffed animal. <laughs> you have the ominous warning signs that go unheeded. The circumstances that conspire to separate the family into two factions, thus requiring Herculean effort to be reunited and heroic sacrifices. 
really the only thing different other than the language was like the muted Norwegian color palette. Oh. But that's also how things that take place in Seattle look. So, <laughs> I mean, like the body count was maybe a little higher. But, you know, if the average American moviegoer qualifies their enjoyment of foreign movies based on like how well they approximate the experience of American movies, <laughs> I think that like this is going to be a really well-received movie. Uh, because there's that thing where a movie could be literally exactly the same as an American movie, but if it's in a foreign language, then we're like, oh. Right, yeah. And it has that kind of extra, like, well, we're like patting ourselves on the back, like, well, this is a foreign movie and it's entertaining. I'll be goddamned. <laughs> uh, I think that's what's going on with this one. Uh, you know, it's massively entertaining without any of those forehead slapping moments you tend to get from studio versions of these stories. Like when, like, a family dog miraculously emerges from the rubble at oh, the Jesus. end. Like, it doesn't have anything like that. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I know, because that always gets you. That gets me every time. Yeah, you're like, oh, n- oh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> when that happens. <laughs> so this is fjord porn. Fjord porn, basically. Yeah, this is this is as fjordy as you want to be. Okay. Yeah. Um, does this movie, as someone who lives on the coast, speaking, you've mentioned Seattle, there was that New Yorker story this year that like everybody was talking about. And again, yeah. one of words about this like I forgot about that, but yeah, everyone shared newly that. Found tectonic People were terrified. Plate. They're like, this is how the West Coast will be destroyed. Right. I mean, there are all these towns on the on and the And then coast. everyone forgot and now no one talks about that article I anymore. Know, but they they should. People <laughs> should be afraid. I mean, we're this is the one we're safe from in San Francisco. But like everybody east of I five up north, west west of I five up north. <laughs> Is fucked. We're just like the fear mongers in Zootopia, you and I did right now. Trying <laughs> but to this stoke is real. the fear, stoke the fear. And it, it was it was unusual the New Yorker to do such like a, 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 a you know like a, a, the world's going to end type piece. So mm-hmm. it certainly had that extra credibility that comes sure. with the New Yorker reporting on it. But then like everyone just kind of moved on. Like, I mean, well, you know, that's that's something we all talked about for a day. And <laughs> there are bigger fish to fry right now. Yes, yes, there are. Um, did this? shake you as someone who lives uh in a, on a San Andreas fault and no. tsunamis are not out of the question no i mean not not quite um i didn't necessarily look at the the like the geography of this movie and think like that could happen to me um so no no i was not shaken by it at all um I feel like after watching movies, like, I mean, I'm not saying it's a very suspenseful movie, Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't like personally like, this could happen. I feel like after watching movies like 2012 and San Andreas, Mm -hmm. where like the world has been so thoroughly destroyed in so many ways on screen, like it's very hard to see that and still feel like personally threatened by any of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that the waves necessarily supposed to be like an activist movie either. It's not saying like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it definitely is tied into like, you know, you know, it's a natural disaster movie. Right. Uh, so in that sense, it has the, the you know, the potential to have, you know, to provoke fear of, of this happening in real life because these things do happen. But no, it seemed very much like, okay, I'm like, okay, this is something that happens in Norway. Like, uh, this, is, okay. this, didn't, this didn't feel, you know, we didn't have fjords here. So, uh, <laughs> so and if we did, me mom would fart in those fjords. Yes. Because that's what she does. Um, do you think that this will get an American remake? I could certainly see getting an American remake. I mean, the and the funny thing is, as I was saying, like it's already so much like an American movie mm-hmm. that it's it kind of like it would almost be redundant to to put it in English because okay. then it would just be exactly the same as. I feel like American movies have evolved past being able to be about a single natural disaster. Oh, that's old yeah, news. Now it needs to be like a fucking like bukkake of of natural disasters all going off at once <laughs> uh, to to get financing. 
Uh, so no, I don't think that a single movie about like a family in a fjord, you know, fighting off a big wave, <laughs> encroaching on them, would uh, would get the job done. Um, but if it were to be remade, I'm picturing Jeremy Renner and Maria Bello playing the parents. <laughs> but your bet's in now. Yeah. Um, you'll have better luck than you did with Jason's Oscar ballots. Oh, still too soon. Burned. I mean, I... <laughs> will not apologize oh we didn't even talk about the oscars we didn't talk about the oscars no and we're about to tape another podcast for our friend dino ray ramos uh off white where we are going to go in depth on the oscars uh so hit up that podcast on itunes as well just look up off white in the podcast store and you should find it Mm -hmm. um but yeah let me just say if you're still listening at this point in the show since we're now talking about the oscars no one saw that coming just like the wave. Yeah. <laughs> what are you giving the wave? Binge it. You know what? Binge it. Wow. It's, a, it's, it's three, three for three. It's a, it's a binge it hat trick. What? It's the first time. Yep. First time in the binge history that it's you can binge all three movies. They're all three so different. <laughs> uh, so binge them all. Binge Zootopia. Binge You're Killing Me, our pick of the week. And binge the wave. But still watch your calorie count. Yes. While you're binging. Yes, check with your app. The Wave is available in theaters and on iTunes and is rated R for some language and disaster images. So that wraps up this episode. As Jason mentioned, we're going to be taping another episode right after this with Dina Ray Ramos on Off-White, which you can find in the iTunes store. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thanks again to Light Fiction for recording our new opening and closing theme songs, Woo! as well as Pick of the Week. They can be found at... Um, facebook forward slash light fiction music um be sure to subscribe on itunes or if you're on android we're on stitcher and the soundcloud app jason you are on twitter i am i am at the jason Leroy. rebecca is also on twitter she is at fight balance mainly we just argue with each other well my only yeah. tweets are arguing with you yeah that's whenever i get a notification on twitter that rebecca has sent something to me i'm just like ah she's drunk and pissed off again and just firing <laughs> off things at me <laughs> the only way i can confront you is on twitter it's, it's true so if you guys want to see us like really duke it out uh then follow us both on twitter and watch our very icy exchanges and as always thanks again Bye-bye. bye Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. You made it to the end, that's amazing. There There goes goes the the binge. binge.